March 2020, we're broadcasting to you today from North Central West Virginia. I've got a uh, a group of pastors on here tonight, and we're going to we'll try to talk about the outbreak of, of the COVID-19 virus. So I'm going to make sure that everybody's on there. Pastor Mike Stoudemire, are you there? Yes, I'm on. Okay, okay Pastor Tom Sears? Yes, sir. And Pastor Bobby Newsom. I'm here. Uh, we we have connection. Amen. Okay. Um, before before we get into anything, I'm going to ask Pastor Mike if he leaves out prayer, if he would, please. Sure. Father, we just come to you today, Lord, in the precious name of Jesus. And Father, we just come to you today. And God, we just ask you for anybody that's listening today, Lord, that you would just open up their hearts that they might be able to receive your word today. And Father, I pray even as we're discussing, as we're talking about your word, that you'd be rightly divided and that somebody would hear something that would would change them. Lord, you said that you were the word that was made flesh. And, Father, we just pray that you would be made flesh, Lord, and that you would dwell among us as we're studying your word today. And, Father, we give you all the praise and the glory, the honor for everything that's done. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Okay, we'll, we'll dive uh, right into this tonight. Uh, I'm going to go to a scripture that's that's read a lot, but uh, I feel it's appropriate, and that's, of course, Second Chronicles chapter 7, and we're going to begin around, uh, let's see, verse 14, I believe. This is this is God speaking to who? Solomon, um, when they was dedicating the temple, and we know that the glory of the Lord fell, and no one could minister, and... Uh, God had told him he found a dwelling place. Uh, this is where he's going to move. Um, we know that that his father David could not build it, but but uh, but you know he could. So we're going to start reading there uh, with verse twelve, Second Chronicles chapter seven. And the Lord appeared to who Solomon by night and said unto him, I have heard thy prayer. I have chosen this place to myself for an house of sacrifice. Verse, verse 13, if I shut up heaven, there'll be no rain. Or if I command the locusts to devour the land. Or if I send pestilence among my people. If my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then will I hear from heaven and will forgive their sin. And will heal their land. So we see God speaking to His people out of His church, and I and I believe today that this is what what is going on in this modern day and and uh, this crisis that's in the world today. Uh, you know, I you know I believe that many things are happening, but I believe that one thing 
is going on is that God is speaking to his church. And he says, if my people, and he says, if I send these things, okay, so we're dealing tonight with pestilence, which means any outbreak of any disease. <clears throat> um, one word means also that was come from animals or, or anything that would infect man and cause what we call a pandemic. Okay, so this is what's going on today. Uh, and we know that it's, it's causing a lot of problems. It's uh, bringing a lot of fear. It's bringing a lot, of, a lot of apprehension to people. The Bible says that in the days in which that we are living, that the waves and the seas will be roaring. And he says that men's hearts will fail them, what they see coming on the face of the earth. So I believe that God is dealing, first of all, with his church. And he says, if my people, I believe he's, he's getting to the point that he's rearranging our ideas Maybe stripping some things out of our lives and uh, letting us know uh, and waking us to the day and the hour which we are in, which I believe that soon that that you know that the Lord's going to come back and take His church home, and we're living in the last days. And the Bible declares they're following a tribulation period, and uh, and you know you know the Bible says if you think you know that it's bad what's going on now, wait till then, because Jesus said it'll be times. Like we've never seen before, so I'm gonna start out with Pastor Tommy. Uh, I ask him to get some things together, and um, and and you know you know he's gonna talk maybe the source of this thing, and and give you some other stats about other pandemics that's went on in the world. So, uh, Pastor Tommy, go right ahead. Thanks, Pastor. So yeah, there's been four major pandemics um, that have directly. Uh, impacted the United States of America. Uh, and when I say four major, that's in recent history. Uh, one that's talked about a great deal uh, was in 1918. It was the H1N1. The source of that was avian. And um, it's, uh, it's known as one of the deadliest, if not the deadliest. 50 million deaths worldwide. There were 675,000 deaths in the U.S. alone. And it's believed to have been carried here uh, by military personnel that brought it back uh, from overseas. Uh, the next one in America was 1957 and 1958. It was also avian. Uh, it emerged coming from East Asia. It killed about 1.1 million people worldwide with 116,000 deaths in the U.S. Uh, then in 1968, um, another pandemic that was the H3N2, uh, killed 1 million worldwide and 100,000 in the U.S. And then more recently, in 2009, uh, we had the H1N1, also known as the swine flu. Um, it killed 12,469 people in the United States alone. Interesting, it lasted from April 2009 until the World Health Organization declared an end to it in August of 2010. So when I hear that statistic alone, um, it's concerning because, you know, we may need to prepare for the long haul here. Uh, mm -hmm. Again, 12, over 12,000 people killed in America. Currently, the coronavirus has killed over, and this is earlier today, the statistic, over 8,800 worldwide. Um, 
and the death tolls continue to rise. And I think one-third of those statistics are coming from uh, Italy. It seems that this virus, uh, you know, the, the initial estimate was that it was impacting those who were 60 years of age or older mostly or those with underlying conditions. But we're now seeing that that's not always the case as there are um, – it's 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 no respecter of person is i guess is what i'm trying to say and mm-hmm. so uh yeah so that's where we are currently uh with this uh, uh this coronavirus and of course the uh, president has addressed the nation literally daily and the numbers continue to increase and he is he has thrown out some some startling statistics that this could last uh, into august uh, someone leaked a report that a contingency plan uh, for the U.S. government is that it lasts into next year. Wow. Yeah. So, so everything's pretty well up in the air and unknown. And uh, you know, I think it's what's causing a lot of the problems is that that, that people just don't know. Uh, you know, they don't know what's going to happen, what to expect from day to day. And uh, uh, but come come to think back, the last one that we had, which which you said was the H1N1, correct? Yes, sir. Okay. Okay. So, so uh, I don't remember the panic then. How about you guys? Anybody remember the, uh, you know, the panic? Was there, I mean, you know, was there mass buying? Was there people going, you know, uh, going to the supermarket and clearing the shelves off? I don't remember all that. I don't think that happened, did it? I don't recall. No. I mean, I mean, I don't think it did. So, um, so, so what's so different about this virus? I mean, what, what's, you know, what's causing the unrest and, and, and uh, just the plain flu. I mean, is that, I mean, is that the plain flu just killing people, what they call type A or, you know, uh, you know, whatever it might be. I'm sure there's um, a lot of people that die from that each year, correct? Millions die from that every year. Yes. Okay. So, so what do you guys think, think is the, you know, the difference here? Pastor Mike, what do you think? You know, I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm not sure that um, maybe this flu, you know, with a lot of the the news and a lot of the Internet and the things, you know, it really gets covered probably a lot more than some of the other flus. Mm-hmm. Um, and then also because of that, I think that in our society, you can just really, to me, it just seems like that we have a society that really doesn't have much trust or hope in God, maybe maybe even mm-hmm. just in the last decade that I think we've changed. We've seen a lot of that. I mean, you know, maybe in some of the previous pandemics and, and, uh, you know, our nation was probably in a little bit different place spiritually. And there was a lot more people, you know, that had confidence and they trusted God and, and, um, you know, trusted that God would take care of them and things like that. Well, you can, um, that's, that's one thing that I really noticed. I mean, when you see people, you know, rolling around on the, the ground at Sam's Club or Costco fighting over a roll of toilet paper, you know, you can just see that, uh, that you know, panic has hit everybody. That There's nobody there uh, talking, you know, thinking about, you know, God's going to bring us through this and, mm-hmm. and God's going to cover us and take care of us. You, you, so I think that's one of the things that I, that I really see, that I feel like I see looking out at it, is that you can see the, the spiritual climate of our nation has changed so much to where now, you know, things that used to probably not make us panic, you know, we're almost dealing with a a nation and generations that really don't have any hope 
or don't have any faith or confidence in mm-hmm. in the Lord to bring them through it. And so this just kind of like every man for himself type of a thing. And I think I think that to me that's one of the big differences that I think is going on. Not really that the the virus, which I don't know a lot about the virus, just what I see on television, but it doesn't seem like that virus is worse. I just think it's the the state and the climate of our society that that allows us to go into more of a panic mode. Okay, so so that's a segue to uh, uh, to start talking about uh, what what should be the posture of the church. Uh, you know what 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 should we do? Uh, you know you know we should be the church. You know the Bible says that we are, are, are salt and light to the world. I believe I believe that we that that we that the body of Christ is the entity that that hinders evil. I mean, actually holds back through the Holy Ghost, holds back evil within its last days by our prayers and, and, uh, you know, our faith in God. So, uh, should not the church step out? I mean, I mean, you, you know, the scripture said, if my people, so that, that, that's people that know God, that, that's people that claim to know Jesus Christ. Uh, and we know that day that there was thousands of animals, you know, kill that day. The you know the word of God says the blood ran in troughs, but today that we live under a new and an everlasting covenant through the blood of Jesus Christ. So, should should we not step up our preaching? Should we not try to quell the fear with telling people to call on the name of the Lord? That whosoever uh, needs saved or delivered, that whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So. The posture of the church, I believe, should be that we, you know, number one, we need to what unite and come together. We need to get rid of all the pettiness and and, and all the stuff that seems to be separating us. One thing that needs to come out of the church, I believe, is a religious spirit, a form of godliness that denies the power thereof. So, what do you all think, Pastor Bobby? What do you think about this? I personally believe that. Um... Yes, I believe that God is trying to do something in this. Um, and I believe personally that he's speaking more so to the church and his people than he is anybody else. Um, people are, are very, um, a lot of people are outraged and a lot of people are um, disappointed, you know, that churches are, are, are shutting down because of this. Uh, and I personally believe that um, it's the right thing to do in this case. You know, those who did not do that, that's fine. But I personally, as a pastor, um, I felt it was the best thing to do. And people are acting as though this is really a bad thing. I, I tend to, to kind of run along the lines that maybe God is trying to teach his people uh, that there's a relationship to be found in him um, that that takes us beyond just church. Not that church attendance isn't important, not that church, because it is, it's very important. But that church that that he wants us to have a personal relationship with him that isn't motivated by church but is motivated by relationship with him, and so I agree with you that, that I believe he's trying to work through a lot of the pettiness and the uh you know the religious spirits um that that worship things that that really aren't him um and he's trying to i truly believe he's trying to speak to his church. And he's trying to draw us into a place of trusting him. And whether we like it or whether we don't, the world is going to look to the people of God on how to handle these situations. 
Um, and so I guess we probably need to take inventory of ourselves and saying, what, how are we leading the world in this? Um, are we listening to what um, our leaders are telling us to do like the scripture tells us to? Are we still believing God? Are we believing him? Are we living in fear? Uh, and so I, I believe he wants his people right now. Personally, I believe he's drawing them unto himself. Um, I don't believe that God put this on us because the Bible tells us that he can't do evil. But everything, you know, if it happened, he has allowed it. Um, and I believe he is just trying to let us know. He's, he's pulling back a curtain and saying this is, this, this is just a peak of what things could be like if, if, I, if I remove my hand of protection. And I believe he's looking to see what the response of his people is and whether his people are going to stand up and lead or whether they're going to live in fear or whether they're going to live in rebellion. Um, I believe this is a, a very important time in the body of Christ as we respond to this. Yeah. Well, what I see is, you know, with, 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 with everything being canceled, all the sporting events and, and everything, you know, that, that people are involved in all the time, uh, I believe it's I believe it's God moving on on a nation, on a church, on a people that we need to change our priorities. You know, the Word of God says that uh, you know He has to come first. Thou shalt not have no other God before Thee. And I think sometimes, unbeknownst to us, you know, things may might creep in our lives, and sometimes it takes things to, you know, you know, like Pastor Bobby said, to, to draw back the curtain in our own personal lives to to see if there's anything there stand between. Us and our Lord. Is there anything to stand? You know, is there anything that's separating us? And um, uh, and I believe the church really, really needs to get serious. And uh, if we are to be salt and light, uh, you know, which which we are. And the Bible says that 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 we can't hide our light under a bushel. You know, that we that that we need to let it be seen. Now, you know, there's a difference between boldness and being religious. You know, I, I mean, I believe that. Um, and then, and I believe boldness comes from 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 preaching the word of God. That we preach it without compromise. We just say what the word says, and we don't back down what the word of God says. We refrain from putting our own spin on things. And what does the word of God say about it? So, Pastor Tommy, uh, the church. Okay, uh, I believe that God wants to endue us with greater power, and and I believe that. That, that he wants us to uh, uh, be more consecrated and dedicated. You know, the Bible says about pastors, that's what we all are, is that we should lay between the porch and the altar. So don't you think that God is dealing with his pastors, first of all, and then as pastors get on board, so to speak, and, and, then, and then people follow the example or follow what God has given the man of God or the woman of God that's in charge? No, I agree 100%. I think that – and can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. Okay. Sorry about that. Yeah, I just I, what I was saying was I agree with everything that you were saying, and I think that in many ways the church has bought into the ways of the world. You know, you referenced um, that he'll have no other gods uh, before him. And the Bible says that judgment begins at the house of God. So, you know, I, I believe he is speaking to pastors. But I think there's even a bigger picture here. In the history of the world, there's been two nations created for the purposes of God. Primarily was Israel, and then I believe the United States of America. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting that you read from Second Chronicles chapter 7, 
where Solomon's dedicating the temple. Historically in America, right after our first president, George Washington, uh, gave his, um, uh, his speech after becoming president, he walked in New York City. He walked down to a little stone church, and he did the exact same thing. Reading from that scripture, he dedicated the nation to God. And I think that what has happened is the church has failed to lead. And I believe that as the church goes, the nation goes. And so what we're seeing is, you know, there's this, um, you know, we talk about sporting events and all these different things. I mean, I've said it a million times that, you know, parents can't get out of bed on Sunday morning to come to church, but they'll take their kids and travel all over the country to play soccer or some other travel Mm -hmm. sport. And those Mm -hmm. things have become our gods. And I think it's very interesting that those things have been removed because when he says, I will have no other gods before me, I believe that's exactly what he means. And so I believe he's calling to the pastors to call the church back so the church can call the nation back. And, you know, you talk about fear over faith, and I I agree with that 100%. I also believe that God is putting a fire. You talk about being endued with power. God is putting a fire inside the men and women of God who are calling out to him, staying in that secret place, Psalms 91, and he is enduing them with the power to tell the world, listen, you know, this, there's no more games. We're not playing any more games. Um, it's time to get serious before me. I believe that's what we're witnessing. Um, and, and, you know, we're going to come out of this. We're going to recover from this. Yeah. I believe that with everything in me. We're going to recover from this. Uh, there's going to be consequences, but there will be something else, and there will be something else because, you know, the sins of a nation – I believe the innocent blood of, of babies, aborted babies, is crying out. And God hears that cry. The Bible says he hates the shedding of innocent blood. So this will pass, but there will be something else. Yep, yep. Okay, uh, it's just like in America and uh, like primetime television. Okay, you say, well, that's, you know, you shouldn't, uh, you know, talk about those stuff is the way things are. But – but what I see is is uh, Christian people being desensitized to alternate lifestyles, to uh, accepting cultic-like activities. I believe that 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 a lot of these shows are laced with the occult. I mean, that's you know that's what I see. Uh, serving other gods, talking about other ways. You know, you hear so much on today. Well, that's the way that they. You know, they call it the universe. You know, everything is like it's like the universe is in charge. Well, no, it's the one that made the universe that's in charge. And then, I mean, there's so much talk about alternate gods. And uh, I mean, I mean, if you know, if you would create a show that lift up the name of Jesus, you know, they probably throw you off the network. But 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 you know, it's okay to lift up Buddha or to push psychics or tarot cards and all these things, Ouija boards, whatever it might be. And, you know, these things have been around for years. But, but uh, it, you know, it doesn't take away from the fact that, according to the Word of God, we're not to have contact with any of that stuff. I mean, we're not to be involved in that stuff. He says, come out from among them and be separate, saith the Lord. Now, I know we have to occupy and we have to be in the world, but he said, he said you're in the world, but you're not part of the world. And I'll talk, I'm not talking being you know, being uh, what they call legalistic. I'm talking about taking the word of God at face value. And what, what does God tell us about, about us having or rubbing elbows with the world? I mean, uh, I mean, he tells us not to do it, but if, 
if you preach in T-shirt today, then, you know, you're deemed a, a, well, he's a legalist or he's got a spirit that's not right or whatever it might be. But what, what does God's word say about this? Pastor Mike, what do you think about, about the church coming out from among them? Well, I think I, I just read an article not very long ago, actually just a couple of days ago, and it was by a, a minister that had wrote this article talking about the, the coronavirus and talking about a lot of things that was going on. And something that really stuck out uh, at, you know, that I read, and actually that's just kind of been something that's even been stuck down in my, my spirit since I read it, and that was he said that all America's gods are dying. And he was talking about amusement parks and talking about sports and talking about even, you know, our our money, you know, our stock exchange. And, you know, he was just – it was listening to a lot of different things. And, you know, throughout the scripture when it talked, you know, um, even when David was talking about serving other gods, in most cases it wasn't that Israel just downright just quit serving God completely it was that they would add other types of worship in and mingle. You know, it wasn't like saying, well, you know, we're not going to serve Jehovah anymore at all, but they, they would serve Jehovah, but then they would also, you know, go to the, the temples of Baal and Astaroth and, and, you know, commit adultery with the temple prostitutes. And, and it was a mixture. And, um, and I think that's, I mean, if, I think if we put that update, the resume, I think that's what we see a lot of. I, I, I can I kind of catch a picture of what that minister was talking about, and I think we do that a lot. I mean, it's not that that a lot of people, and I'm sure there are a lot, but I mean, I'm talking about you know people that go to church and people that claim to be believers and things like that. It's not that they just downright say, you know, I'm turning my back on God and I'm not going to serve God anymore, and you know, I don't believe in God anymore, anything like that. But they have other things that they allow to, to become precedent in their life, you know, and, and if they have to choose between, you know, prayer or serving God or going to church or spiritual things or, you know, a sport or football or basketball or, or going on a, a trip or going fishing or, you know, whatever it is, you know, a lot of them, even though they claim to be believers, they usually let those other things take take precedent in their life. And I, I think we're seeing that. I mean, I think, um, you know, we're. I think we're seeing that. We're seeing that mixture um, that's taking place. And you know, that's what God's talking about. He's saying, "I'm not. You're not. I don't want any other God before me." He said, "I'm a. I'm a jealous God." And um, and I, I think that's where we're at. I think, you know, it's almost like that. Many believers today, they want to serve their other gods, and they want to. Um, you know, do their other things, but in the same term, they want to keep their option open with being able to to serve God if they need them. Like you know, they're saying, "I'm not, I'm not, um, you know, completely denying God, but what I'm saying is, is if if I need Him for something, then I want to keep that option open where I'm able to to pray to Him. If I, you know, I I want to go do this and go do that and go do all these other things." And put that before God, but I want to keep that one option open. That if I need healing, or I need deliverance, or I need something's going on with my family, or whatever, that I have that option open. I don't want to completely deny God. And really, when it comes down to it, God is just as upset about the mixture of idols with His worship as He is if you just completely deny Him. And so I think that's where a lot of us—that's where the church needs to get to. We need to get. 
get rid of a lot of these other gods that we allow to take precedent in our lives so that we can we can serve him and serve him only. I mean, and it is possible. I, we just did a, a, a study at our church at the Bible college. We were talking about divine healing, and I'm reminded of the story of John G. Lake, who was a missionary um, in South Africa from like 1908 to 1913, and that was during the time of the, the bubonic plague. And I mean, there were literally thousands and thousands of people dying from the plague. And they would, and people would ask him. Doctors would ask him and say, you know, you know, how can you keep going over there? You know, aren't you afraid that you're going to catch this, you know, deadly plague or whatever? And John G. Lake told him he he didn't believe that a germ, a germ could live on his body. And you know the doctors didn't believe it. And John G. Lake, if you study his ministry, he he did a lot of tests and he allowed doctors to examine him and things like that. And they actually went and took some foam out of the lungs of a, a dead man that had just died, fresh from the, the plague, which would have been very contagious. And they they put his hand, and this is documented. And he put his hand out, and they allowed him he allowed him to put that plague on his hand. And they watched under a microscope as those cells, disease cells, just begin to die in his hand. And it, you know, and so that faith is possible. It is available for believers. You know, I just believe that we we all need to seek and and desire to get that kind of faith, but we can't do it through if we're going to worship all of our other gods along with God. We have to sell out and serve Him and serve Him alone if we want to have that kind of faith. And that kind of confidence in in what what God's doing in our lives. Amen. Well, the Bible says the prophet said, "How long will you be halted between two opinions?" Uh, Joshua said, "As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord." Uh, of course, Jesus said, "If you're lukewarm," he said, "I will spew you out of my mouth." So there's a lot of references in in the Word of God that uh, God's people need, need to be separate, and that. And I believe that starts in the heart. I heard a preacher say the other day, he said, he said uh, that God has, God has spoken to him and said he's about to put the tremble back in the house of God. In other words, tremble at, at the word of God. I believe that Christians have lost their fear of God. And the Bible says the fear of the Lord is the beginning of what? Knowledge. That a man lack knowledge, let him ask of God. So, uh, I mean, we are living in a day and age, and, and it's not so so far from... What what was going on in Prophet Ezekiel's day? The Bible says that 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 the Lord uh, took him by the lock of the head and, and showed him what was going on behind the scenes in the temple. This is this is this is the temple that was supposed to be for God, where where God was supposed to uh, uh, to to receive worship and sacrifice. And the Word of God says that that He brought him up to the door of the court and He set a hole in the wall. And he said unto me, Son of man, dig now on the wall. When I had digged in the wall, behold a door. And he said, Go in, behold the wicked abominations that they do there. And it goes on to say that they had things painted on the walls, creeping things, and abominable beasts, and all the idols of the house of Israel, okay, portrayed upon the wall about. This wasn't out in the sanctuary. This was behind the scenes, you know. Uh, and there was uh, uh and they said it went on that that the women were trying were you know were weeping for who Tomas, which was uh, supposedly the son of Nimrod, Semiramis, and and all that. But 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 here it is: is Israel being involved with idol worship? Now, 
we live under grace, but I don't believe God uh, uh, still winks at ignorance and, and, and because we live under grace, the Bible says, uh, you know, uh, uh, you know, shall uh, we sin that grace may abound. He said, God forbid. So I, I believe we need to get a sense of holiness back. I'm not talking about dressing and all. I'm talking about of, of the heart, you know, uh, you know, getting a sense of the fear of God back in the house of the Lord again, that, that God cares what goes on in our churches. He cares what's, what's preached in our church. Matter of fact, he wants the word of God. And, and, and if the word of God is not preached in the house of God, is it really the house of God? Or it is just a social center. Uh, I don't think we can emphasize the fact that the church needs to come out and uh, you know, search our own hearts. The Bible says, and let the Spirit of God search our hearts. You know, David said, "Whatever you find in me, that you need to get out. He said, sweep me clean." He says, "Take not the Holy Spirit from me." And you know, I was telling Pastor Tommy the other day. I said, "I said God's got my attention on this thing. You know, because because uh, you know, like He said, this will pass, but." There'll be worse things coming. And, the, you know, the same day that all this is going on, there was like 15 earthquakes. And then this record-breaking earthquake in Utah. And people don't, don't really, well, you know, it's been going on for years. Yes, it has. But, but, but not at the rapid cessation that's going on now. I mean, it's every day that something's crazy going on in the world. And for years, there's been sounds around when things going on and, and signs and things that, that the Lord is about to come back and he's about to wrap this thing up. So I believe that we need to get uh, very, very serious about preaching the word of God. I believe that we need we need to go in the highways and the byways and compel them to come out. I believe we need we need to go to the extra mile to get to get the gospel out because that's that's what we're called to do. So, Pastor Bobby, don't and you know don't you think that we should preach the word of God and of course try to reach our communities around about and then and then spread out from there and 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 I believe that. In order for the church to be purified, and that's what we're talking about tonight, to the church, uh, I believe there has to be some persecution involved, because because uh, uh, the church, the New Testament church, they they didn't do anything until persecution came. Then they spread out, and then the Bible says, "For these are the men that turned the world upside down." So, Pastor Bobby, don't you think speak about that? You know how we need how we need to reach out to those around and about us and evangelize the world. You know, I was I was listening I was listening to to everyone and and uh, I really kind of felt you know I, I find it interesting and I don't I don't believe it's a coincidence that when this all began the first things that began to be shut down was the sporting events because I love sports but I think that everyone can admit that in this nation um, there is definitely a a um, a sense of those who worship um, the games and worship these type of things. But we've come to a place now where even the churches are being shut down. And I really believe, and what I'm about to say may seem controversial to many, but I don't believe that it is a coincidence that he is shutting the churches down. Because I believe that in the day that we're living in, God is trying to tear down the idol of church. Um, I'm not talking about the church. I'm talking about church. I'm talking about the entertainment-driven, the um, the society, um, the social church that people worship, um, and where people, you know, argue back and forth about, you know, my church is better than yours, and my doctrine is better than yours, and all these things. I believe in order for there to be a true move of God, 
I believe God has to take his church back. And this just might be the thing that propels us into that. You know, um, I was thinking about uh, how, how, how much we need to get back to um, living our lives daily for him. And while I believe church services are important, the Bible tells us that um, that we are not to forsake the assembling ourselves together. And and as as we go as we go in more into the last days, the Bible even tells us that we should actually come together more. Mm-hmm. But when we're coming together, we must come together with an attitude wanting a move of God and wanting true revival, not wanting just to be part of a social a social gathering. Um, and, and so I believe God, in a lot of ways, is trying to destroy the idol of churches and mm-hmm. the um, the entertainment driven, the social status carrying, the um, you know the, the idea that I must have this church in order to be motivated to live for Him. What are we ever going to do if we if we have to ever meet in secret like they do in other countries even now? Um, what are we going to do if, if we don't have all the great worship and entertainment that we have today? There's nothing wrong with those things. But what are we going to do if we don't have those anymore? What are we going to do if we don't have, you know, the, the awesome sermon series and the, 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 the media and all these things that, that entertain us? Nothing wrong with any of those things. But are we raising a generation that can go and live for Christ without those things? I believe God is really speaking to his church in the midst of this. And he's, it is an opportunity for us as a body of Christ to reach the world. Uh, and so in order to do that, we have to come together in unity. In order to do that, we have to quit fussing and fighting back and forth and, and trying to take – this is not an opportunity to build our church. This is not an opportunity to prove to people why our church is better than somebody else's church. I believe what, what God is doing with this is he's trying – to tear down the idol of church as usual and once again start building up revival and and devotion among his people and people who are on fire for God and the supernatural moving in churches because people don't care about anything else but just seeing him move. Amen. So he says in his word, in the last days I'll pour to my spirit upon all flesh. Uh, Pastor Thomas, do you think that we're heading for revival? I mean, I mean, do... Do, do you think that uh, that that this could help spawn revival when the church finally gets serious? Because because I don't believe there you know that the world can be revived or saved until the church becomes revived and and you know uh, you know gets back to where they need to be with God. And uh, there's been much talk and, and a lot of prophecies about end time revivals and a a lot of prophecies that there will be revival come out, out of the Appalachian Mountains and that's where we live. You know, I mean, that would be great. You know, you, you know, to see God spawn something within this area and, and spread. But it doesn't matter where it starts, just just long as it starts. So uh, I believe this is an opportunity. While people, uh, uh, are, you know, God, God, God's got them thinking. They're they're facing their mortality. That's something that men don't like to do, is face the fact that the Bible says it's pointed to the man wants to die. That we're not promised tomorrow. And then it says the judgment. And the Bible says that before Christ, that men feared death. I mean, they, uh, you know, that's what they feared. But but Paul said that, and he taught through the Spirit that that uh, in Christ, death has no sting, and the grave has no victory. So, uh, don't you think, Pastor Tommy, that 
that this will make men start looking at their, uh, you know, that they are men, that they are flesh and blood, that we're not going to be here, uh, you know, for a long time. Or, you know, the word of God compares us to a, a blade of grass, you know, that we're sinking away. But, but in Christ, we have an eternity. And, and I believe that this is what we need in the last days is to, that men be awakened to who they are and know that only through Jesus Christ can they have eternal life. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, we're going to have to rend our hearts and not our garments. We're going to have to praise with our hearts and not our lips. I think we're, you know, and I thought, you know, Pastor Bobby did uh, a good job there of talking about the idols that are established in the church. I actually believe that we have created a God. That's who we worship. We call him the Christian God. We call him Jesus. Uh, yeah. But it's it's who we've created. It's it's not the God of the Bible. Uh, church has become what it was never supposed to be. Uh, you know, we, we talk about the idols outside of the church, but there's idols right there in the church called ministry and our, our, um, our pursuit of man's fame and all that stuff that we see. And I do believe those things are coming down. I was praying the other night and I was, I said, Lord, I said, I just, everyone's in panic. Is, is, is this an opportunity for you to speak? And he said to me, self-preservation, they're panicked over self-preservation, which you think that would be, you know, life, you know, the ability to keep living. But he began to speak to me, and he said what they're panicked about is the ability to continue to live life like they've been living it. It's yes, not necessarily – it's not necessarily that they're, um, you know, I think afraid of dying. I think they're afraid of living without being able to live the way they lived. And, you know, a lot of churches are closed down, and they're going to be just as dead as they were before they closed down because there is no power in the church in some churches – and, you know, I've said for many, many years that we've been living off of those that went before us, but our bill is coming due. What have mm-hmm. we done? You know, Bobby talked about the next generation. What have we done to establish something for the next generation? You know, in, in Washington, while all this is going on, you know, the Democrats are trying to put a, a, um, an abortion funding on top of the coronavirus bill. I mean, it's like we don't learn our lessons. But mm-hmm. I do believe that this is revival but i'll tell you it's either you know i believe god is a god who tries to win us over with his kindness you know he loves us he does good things for us but sometimes that you know we don't thank him or give in to him because of his kindness sometimes we we need a correction just like a um an earthly father or mother would have to correct a child uh we have to be corrected and i think that that the purpose of this you know everyone's everyone wants to talk about you know the sinner and those who aren't close to god but i think the purpose is is the people, the watchmen, who were supposed to be on the wall, were taking a nap. And um, I think he's trying to wake us up. The alarm has been going off, but we just keep pushing snooze. And I think this is a perfect opportunity. He's going to get his church in line because he has to get his church in line. His word says that he will present to himself a church without spot or wrinkle, and there's a lot of that within us now. And I believe that this is a chance for revival. I do believe that this is an opportunity for revival, and I think it will shake people. Um, Mm -hmm. some people are going to have to uh, experience involuntary revival or at least the circumstances that lead to revival because, unfortunately, we just won't listen sometimes. But, you know, this is uh, self-preservation. We're worried about being able to live our lives like we've always lived them. And, you know, the church shouldn't be surprised by these things. You know, those who are close to God, I've heard, 
you know, I've preached it, and I've heard every one of you on this program tonight preach this, that, you know, that these times were coming, and, you know, revival wasn't necessarily going to look like what we thought it was going to, because everybody wants to think about revival as a shout, and, you know, but sometimes it's, it's, it's falling on your face before God and repenting and crying. As a matter of fact, all the time it is, calling out to God and allowing him to restore in us uh, you know, Jeremiah chapter 2 says that we've, we've traded the glory of God for cistern, cisterns, broken mm-hmm. cisterns that hold no water. And I think that's what we've done, not only as a nation, but as a church people. Amen. So, so the Word of God says, call a solemn assembly and sanctify a fast. And uh, I, believe, I, I believe a solemn assembly is where we, uh, we truly get before God. I mean, I, mean, I mean, bear this Lord, here I am. You know where I am. You know what's going on. You know, you know what I'm struggling with, and you know what what I need in my life. You know what needs to be done, and and this is a time to yield and be obedient under what God wants us to be. Um, and like you said, people, uh, you know, they they don't want to give up their lifestyle. In the Book of Revelation, it talks about God is really pouring out His His wrath. The seals are being opened, and the vials are being poured out. And and men have sores all over them, and their tongues are swelled, but you see no repentance. All 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 you see is them cursing God and shaking their fists. And the, nobody repents. So that uh, that portrays to me a reprobate mind. And the Bible says because they refuse to retain God in their knowledge, I will turn them over to a what strong delusion. Is that not going on in our society today? Our people, not that way. I mean, uh, you know, like you said, the Bible says the love of money will grow cold. Uh, many will wax worse and worse. They'll call evil good and good evil. Exactly what's going on right now. I mean, we're, it's on us. It's not coming. It's on us. So, uh, you know, we we need to posture ourselves. Uh, and and I believe change needs to begin to head. And have, that would be the one that fills the pulpit because that's who the people's going to follow is uh, the man or woman that preaches the the, uh, the word of God. So, Pastor Mike, what do you think about revival? Do you think it's going to come uh, soon, or do you think people are going to wake up? You think, I mean, I mean, you think after this is over that uh, that the people return back and be complacent and fall back in the same old rut they was in? I, I mean, I, I mean, or do you think this is going to joke people? Because because I believe, and you know, your Pastor Thomas talked about the other day that you know that this wave. Will will uh, uh, will you, you come in and go away? But the next one's going to be bigger, and it, it's just going to grow and grow and grow and grow because we're heading for the tribulation period. The Bible the Bible tells Jesus said a time that has never been before. I personally think the church is going to be here, but I believe we're going to see some things that's pointing at it that that uh, uh, the Antichrist spirit, the thing that's going on on the face here. Paul said a peerless time is coming. In other words, a time where it's hard. It's going to be hard to be a Christian. That Peter said, thinking not strange of the fiery trials. And uh, you know, Pastor Mike, I think that uh, you know, I think I, I think that it's coming. And I, but I think the men and the women of God need to shore up and make sure that we're that we are where we need to be. What do you think? Hello, Pastor Mike. There. Can you hear Pastor me, Pastor Tommy? Yeah. Can you hear me? Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say, I believe that all the the great awakenings and the great revivals that we've had, um, most of them were spurred on by, you know, like the Great Depression or, 
you know, world mm-hmm. war or different things like that. And, um, you know, this very well, whether it's this COVID-19 virus or, or as we've talked about before, the next thing that comes along or whatever it might be. But I think a lot of times, you know, in situations like this, like, you know, say this COVID virus, I mean, we're just kind of in the beginning stages of it. And, um, you know, we're, we're counting on, um, you know, to get a vaccine and we're counting on medical science. And, you know, we've got the best doctors and scientists and all this stuff trying to figure out a cure for it and all these types of things. You know, and our prayer is that we will. But, you know, could it be something like that that causes the next, this generation's Smith Wigglesworths and John G. Lakes and A. Allen's and Jack Coe's and um, William Branham's and Amy Simple McFeard and, 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 and Catherine Coleman's, you know, we've seen them in previous generations, revivalists, and, you know, even in, in with John G. Lake, you know, what kind of spurred him in to healing ministry was his wife got tuberculosis and the doctors gave her up and, and he, he opened up the Bible to the scripture that said that, that Jesus went about preaching and healing all those who were sick and he stood on that word and and she received her healing and people just found out that his wife who was give up to die received her healing and they started coming to his house saying, I want you to pray for this person, pray for that person because they saw, you know, healing operate. And so, you know, perilous times, which I definitely believe that we're living in, and, you know, it's hard to say rather this pandemic will be the thing that spurs the next revival on. But I think that it will probably be something, if this is not it, it will be something that come along the line like that to where, you know, that it's going, you know, our best scientists aren't going to be able to fix it and our best doctors aren't going to be able to fix it because everybody as of right now is trusting in the arm of man and leaning to the arm of the flesh and our intellect and our abilities and our, you know, all of our successes and our technologies and all the things that we have, you know, to combat this disease or whatever. But, you know, maybe something will rise up that cannot be combated no matter how hard we try, but, but it can only be combated by the hand of God. And in those, I think, in times like that, perilous times like that, situations like that, that that gives opportunities for men and women to, to get a hold of, you know, because we don't serve a different God than Smith Wigglesworth served. We don't we don't serve a different God than than um you know John G. Lake served. We don't you know, we serve the same God. We have the same Bible. You know, if we want to see what they saw, we have to do what they did. And most of the time in in cases like that, I don't think it was just they got up one morning and decided I'm gonna start serving God, but they got pushed into a corner to where God became their only option and they said you know, I'm gonna, we're gonna have to get a hold of this thing, and we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to have God work on our behalf, or, or we're gonna die here. And, and, and you know, could it be something like this that spur revival? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. I mean, you know, it's hard to say what the plan of God is. If, if this actual virus is the thing that's going to do it, it very possibly could. It could be something. You know, we're just in the beginning stages of it. We we don't know what six months down the road, a year down the road, holds for us. It, it may come to the place where it takes this generation, you know, just like Tommy was talking, what mark are we leaving on this generation and on the generation to come? And a lot of times it takes, you know, perilous times like that opens up opportunities for men and women of God who 
who get serious with God and say, you know, where is the God of Elijah and, and where is, you know, the God of all these revivalists and, you know, the previous generations and then step out by faith and see the hand of God begin to move in this generation. So, I mean, whether this is actually the thing that's going to spur revival, I don't know. But I do believe it'll be something like this or, or like we've said previously, one wave after another after another that finally gets us to where we put, we put more confidence in God than we do our technology and our medicines mm. and, and all the things that we, we have confidence in now. Yep. The, the Word of God says, Woe unto the man that leans on the arm of flesh that trusted, trusted in what Egypt and all their and all their weapons, things things of this nature. You made made reference to a uh, uh, generations, and Pastor Bobby, you talk a lot about about that, about the past generation, what's going on now with this generation and that generation. Uh, don't you believe that God is going to move in amongst the people, or 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 the time slot of those that humble themselves, those that uh, that really want a move of God? That uh, are tired of a form and a fashion, or you know, I've heard you preach. Are tired of hearing what happened years ago and want to see it for themselves. Don't you believe that the Bible says, "He that hungers and searches after righteousness shall be filled." The Bible promises us as signs and wonders uh, to those to those who call upon the name of the Lord, to those that believe. So, uh, don't you think that God is dealing with 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 different groups of people, with different churches and uh, and he's find, trying to find a people that's going to listen. That's going to, you know, that's going to uh, uh, maybe remove themselves from this or that, and you know, man's traditions, and 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 get over here where 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 they can please the Lord. And you know, we say come out from among them. That doesn't necessarily mean come out of the bars. I mean, that could mean come out of come out of false teaching. You know, come out of you know uh, you know of something that's holding you down spiritually. Uh, things we have to do within ourselves to, you know, you know, Bible says guard our minds and our hearts, you know, protect our heart because out of the heart proceeds the issues of life. So, uh, from what I read in the Bible, Pastor, God, God's going to have a people talk, you know, talk to us about that a little bit. You know, I, I often say that um, as the body of Christ, we cannot give something to someone we don't have, and many times we find ourselves quoting scripture and telling stories, um, and telling what God can do. But if you've studied the apostles, they didn't just preach the word. They lived the word. They, they didn't just preach that God can heal. They actually saw people healed, um, and, and they saw signs and wonders and the dead raised. They saw these things. And the problem is, is that many people, they want signs and wonders, and, and I believe it's his church in a lot of ways, we want signs and wonders, but we don't want what it's going to cost in order to see those things manifested. So often we talk um, about revivals, and, and, and here's the deal. I believe that if it, is a, it has been proven through studies and things of that nature that right now Christianity, especially in America, is on a decline by generations. And if we continue to go the path that we're going within just one or two generations, Christianity will, will be basically wiped out because, because the generations, my daughter's generation and the generations to come, you know, they're, they're, 
they're tired of seeing what's going on, um, and they're tired of people saying one thing and doing another. They're tired of people talking about things they don't actually have. Uh, and I believe that one of the things God's got to do is, number one, he's got to once again get us to a place where we care about the next generation, that, that we care about what's, what's going to, you know, we're not always going to be here. Uh, the Bible says life is, is like a vapor. We're not always going to be here. And in all the busyness, in all the church busyness, um, you know, I, I believe personally that another idol that is in the church that, that has to fall is the idol of busyness. People think that just because we're busy, that means we're holy, and I don't see a correlation there. Um, and in all the busyness and all the activities, once again, let me say that there's nothing wrong with those things. But in all the busyness and keeping people busy and doing this activity and doing that activity, are we truly placing a seed within the next generation, a seed of a move of God? You know, all of us here on this panel, who I know very well, we, we, we know what a move of God is. We've seen it. We've, we've seen it, you know, from, from children, we've seen a move of God. We've seen God do miraculous things. We've seen God change lives. We've, seen, we've been in services, and we've been um, in situations where his presence was so heavy, um, and, and he would speak, and he would, uh, he would give wisdom, and he would give knowledge. Um, and, and we've seen that personally. But we need to ask ourselves, is the next generation going to be a generation that knows that same glory? And I believe that they are, but I believe that that's going to be the case, and it will be, then our generation, those, those who are ahead of them, we must once again come back to trusting God, once again come back to um, seeing things through the, the, the vision and the, the lens of, of the Holy Spirit. Because if we don't, then we're just giving them, once again, and I hate to keep bringing it up, but if, you know, if we continue on the path I believe that we're on as a whole, then all we're really doing is teaching them that church is a social function. And church is a place that, you know, you're supposed to go and, and you're supposed to be a part of it. It's supposed to be fun and, and, and all that stuff. Instead of teaching them that we must have a personal relationship and that God can move in our private time just as powerfully as he can move in our corporate time. God can move in our prayer times, um, in our own homes and, and in our schools, just the same as he can move um, in, in, in our church services and our mass ga gatherings, you know. And, and, and if we can get to that place, if we can teach a generation to hunger after him, who have, a, who, have a depth of, who have a depth of understanding, not only of Scripture, which is very important, because I, I truly believe that there is a lack of depth when it comes to understanding Scripture, but also a, a depth of his spirit, knowing his spirit, where, once again, we don't have to have all the frills, and, and all, all the, the exciting things in order to keep people um, attentive to what's going on in, in a generation that has to be entertained all the time, we can draw them back into a personal relationship. And, we, and the greatest thing we can give the next generation is for them to know what a move of God is. I heard a preacher say this, um, and, he, and it made so much sense to me. Uh, but he, he was talking about how we're, we're – you know, I, I, have, I have a daughter, and I'm concerned about the fact that there's a lot of things out there that, that draw our young people. They draw them. You know, they, they try to draw them into new beliefs, and they try to wrap um, the truth 
or rat rap lies and, and enough truths to, to drag them in. Um, but he, he told the story about how he was talking to someone who dealt with um, who, who dealt with counterfeit money, and he was talking about how when they train somebody to to investigate whether or not money is counterfeit, they never let them touch counterfeit money. You would think that what they would do is is that they would teach them this is what counterfeit money is, but they don't do that. They make them handle and look at real money so much that when the counterfeit money is in their hands, they know it's not real. And that's what we have to do when it comes to a move of God. We have to let the next generation know what the real move of God is so that when everything else comes in, a move of God that goes beyond all the theatrics and all the other stuff, and so that when tough times do come, you know, brother, Pastor Tommy was talking about how you know, you know, there's another wave, and, and and that this this isn't going to be the last time we have to deal with things like this. So even in the future, maybe if if we're still around, it or if 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 we if we all die and the next generation takes over, then we must get to a place where they so know a move of God that they know that in times like this that we come back to him, that we come to him and we, we worship him and we truly have relationship with him. That's the greatest thing we can give to the next generation is a move of God so that they know what a true, unadulterated, not religious, but a true move of God is. Amen. Paul said, I come to you with power and demonstration. And I believe that's what, that's what needs to take place in these last days is uh, uh, we we hire ourselves behind the cross and let the Holy Ghost once again move in our services and take precedence and and do what needs to be done because He knows uh, it, it, you know it, exactly what's going on within our lives and those that come into our midst. I, you know, people are really hurting. Um, people are really looking for answers. There there are hungry people, spiritually hungry. Uh, you know, people in the world today and in this country and in this area, the Bible says, if a man hungers and thirsts after righteousness, he shall be filled. So I've, I believe that we need to be the, the uh, lighthouse or the tabernacle or, or whatever you want to call it, the, uh, uh, you know, the city of refuge, uh, you know, whatever name you want to give it, uh, that we need to be ready to receive whoever comes in the house of God. Because if ever a country and a nation needed God. It's the United States of America because for the most part we've forgotten God and God in his mercy and in his, and, and in his sovereignty has, has, uh, has, has kept us. Uh, you know, he, I, I, you know, believe he speaks to us in waves and, and speaks to us in spurts, so to speak, and trying to get our attention and that his people who are called by his name will humble, them, humble themselves before God and then he says, then I'll come in and I'll heal your land and I'll save your nation. And once again, he said, he said, I'll stay in this house as long as you obey me, as long as you do uh, what, you know, what I would have you to do. And the Bible says obedience is better than, than sacrifice. So I pray in the days to come, you know, I pray this thing lifts. Uh, I pray that, that it don't last long, that things get back to normal. But I don't believe we can allow ourselves to to fall back in the same rut in 2001 we know what happened then and uh you know for time and the season people got all spiritual and and i think uh, you know i think it was time uh time magazine said america's goes back to church what happened they left again so whose fault was that could it be the church's fault that we didn't, we didn't have anything to give them uh, you know uh, uh you know to uh 
to pre- to preach the gospel, to to get people ready, because we're not going to live in this world forever. The Bible talks about an eternal place that we're going to live, and we've got eternal spirits that the Bible says we're going to live somewhere in a constant state of mind forever. We're eternal. We're eternal. And and we have to choose. I, I believe there's a heaven to gain and a hell to shun. And But I believe that these are, uh, are are pertinent times. These are times that we need to make right decisions. The Bible says the sons of Ishkakar knew what to do, and they discerned the times and they knew what to do for Israel. And I believe uh, as as preachers, we don't know, praise God, everything, but we serve a God that does. We go by the leading of his spirit and let him posture us and get us where we need to be and order our footsteps and uh, you know do what he would have us to do. All of us are are in different areas. We, you know we, we you know we serve different people, but 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 there's a universal need for God in people's lives. So I'm going to let you guys take time, Pastor Tommy. You start off. Uh, uh, you know, give by the name of your church and your service times, and maybe a little bit what your vision is, and uh, and then and then we'll shut this thing down. I'm the uh, pastor of New Beginnings Church. We're located in Good Hope, West Virginia. It's a small community, um, and we uh, we love the Lord. We believe in reaching out to people, meeting them where they are, and we have uh, a ministry that extends overseas to India, a pretty extensive ministry, and uh, we really believe in reaching our community and not only talking about it but walking it, and so I'm, I'm proud of our people here um, and you know we're just we're we're glad to be serving the Lord, and there's definitely a whole lot of other things we could be doing that that would not bring this reward. And you know a lot of times our reward's not here on earth, um, yeah. and not working for that anyway. I I'm kind of off script here. Something that kind of was just like dropped in my spirit, um, and I, I know that you guys will will agree with this. It seems as over the last maybe like six to eight months. Um, and I know because I know you guys well, we've been experiencing a mighty outpouring of God's Spirit. I would describe it um, as um, something like I haven't seen since I was a child. And mm-hmm. I don't know what the correlation is to all of this, but I do believe that God is up to something. And as Bobby said earlier, he's either allowing it or he's causing it. Uh, this, this whatever's happening, he's... He's allowing it to happen. I do believe that he is preparing us for something big. And as Pastor Mike said, this may not be the thing, but um, um, God is moving. He is speaking. I just I, I pray that we're listening. So mm-hmm. there you go. I mean, Pastor Mike. Um, I pastor a Message of Freedom Church in Grafton, West Virginia, and. Um, Anybody wants any information on it, they can go to our website. It's uh, www.messageoffreedom.org, and uh, all kinds of information on there. We try to reach out uh, out beyond the walls of our church and try to work in the community. And we just got back from a mission trip in Haiti, and uh, we gave out about 30 tons of food over there and things like that. So just God's doing a lot of great things. And like I said, if they want to check out our website, they can see some of the things that God's doing. Mm-hmm. Pastor Bobby, um, I pastor the Bible Church of God um, in downtown Clarksburg, West Virginia, um, and uh, I, I guess our 
our goal and, and what we really want is, is to be a place uh, and to be a family um, and to reach out to the community um, where we're at um, and give them a place to call home, a place that they can come in and, and be loved and be, and be, uh, and be a part of something. Um, and, and a place that also, uh, that, that, that nurtures and, and, and prepares an atmosphere for a moving of the spirit. Um, and so, you know, we, we want, we want in our, you know, in our church, we want what God wants. Um, and so that's, that's kind of, you know, that's kind of what we look for. Amen. Okay. I'm, I'm going to give you an opportunity to say, make some final words. What, you know, you know, what, whatever the Lord's put on your heart and, uh, I'll start with Pastor Tom and then and we'll get back to Pastor Tom and I'm gonna I'm gonna ask him to lead people in the sinner's prayer and uh, invite people to serve the Lord. So so Pastor Tom, go ahead. Yeah, um I just you know, again, Pastor Bobby mentioned looking through things or looking at things through the lens of the Holy Spirit. And I think as we talk about leaving something for the next generation, this has been something that I've really been thinking a lot about over the last month or two. And I asked my church a question a couple, I don't know, several weeks ago. What if all the things we've heard about God moving in a mighty way and, you know, the we, we hear about the former and the latter rain, you know, combining. And, and I asked my church, I said, what if that doesn't pour out on us? What if, what if we are the ones that are to lay the foundation for the next generation? Is that something we're okay with? Because I believe when we begin to look through the lens of the Spirit, what we find is that you know God is trying to um, to implement a move that goes from generation to generation to generation, one that doesn't just fade out when someone passes away. And so, I just my prayer would be that 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 we we wake up, we see what God's trying to accomplish here. That you know, uh, Pastor. I can remember years ago you saying that God was going to begin to wake up pastors, set them on the side of the bed, and start dealing with them and talking to them. And um, I can remember you also saying that the cannons that we heard afar off were coming um, um, to our door. And, you know, that's been 15, maybe 20 years ago. And, you know, we're seeing some of those things happen. I think a lot of times when there's a prophecy or a word, we think it's going to happen tomorrow. I know that I've got caught up into that. Many times, but I've seen that God, he's he's uh, he's a whole lot more patient than we are. So yeah, that would just be you know we 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 definitely need to look through the lens of the Spirit and begin to lay a foundation uh, that can that our the next generation can uh, can walk in. Amen, Pastor Mike. Yeah, I just believe that you know what's going on right now, and along with a lot of other things that's going on is uh, truly going to open up some opportunities, you know, for the body of Christ to really step up and, you know, allow God to to really show off and be real. Because, you know, really, if we think about it, this generation, my generation and my kids' generation, they've never really seen, you know, the, the big outpourings and awakenings and things like that some of the previous generations have. So, I, you know, I believe before God comes back, for his church that he's going to you know put his mark on this generation and in in this last day I believe he's going to raise up you know we read about a lot of these revivalists and um pioneers of the of other great awakenings that have happened in previous generations but when you read about them they were just normal men I mean you read about Smith Wigglesworth 
who was documented with 14 people raised from the dead. And he was, he was a plumber. I mean, he was a plumber by trade. But, you know, God raised him up to do awesome things in the kingdom. So I believe this generation, that you know, as times continue to get more perilous, which Paul told Timothy that perilous times would come, I believe we're in perilous times, that, that that's going to open up opportunities for God to raise up men and women in this generation that will usher in, you know, the outpouring of his Holy Spirit, because this generation needs it. If there's ever been a generation of people that are almost, I'd say this is probably the most unchurched generation that, you know, at least in my lifetime, I mean, we have opportunities to work with a lot of kids in school and stuff like that, and how many kids do I talk to that have never in their entire life ever been inside of a church building? So, I mean, that's that's the kind of generation that we're dealing with today. So there's huge opportunities. I believe, just like Jesus said to his disciples, to look out to the harvest field because the harvest is ripe, and he's just looking for laborers who got in the field. So I think a lot of these things that's going on in the world is going to open up opportunities for God to raise up laborers to God and bring in the harvest. Amen. Uh, I think the Pastor Steve, Pastor Steve Laddick's on the line. You there, Pastor Steve? Uh, no, this is a uh, – hi, my name is Suzette. <laughs> I'm listening oh, to your oh, show. Okay. okay, okay, I'm sorry. Okay, you're still listening? A, uh, yes, I'm a listener, and I had a question. Um, sure. Uh, concerning the, the churches, I've seen uh, a lot of over the last, I guess, you know, decade or so, churches compromising the beliefs um, in order to, to bring people in. Um, we want to bring God's sheep in, you know, it doesn't matter who you are, and once we bring them into the fold, you know, God will touch them as far as their heart, and and um, and they'll see, you know, the errors of their ways. We're all sinners. Nobody's perfect. But when you compromise in order to bring people in under that guise, uh, I, I don't think that does the church any good. I don't think that does God any good. I think it's... it's um, it's not good because we need to lead by example. We can still bring people in and welcome them and show them love and acceptance, but I don't think that um, it's it's right to compromise our beliefs and our faith uh, in order to draw people in. Uh, many times you'll see people in a church. I've seen it myself. You know, where they'll they welcome people to come up and if you want to be saved and you know, the pastor will say a few words and say, you know, as far as you've been saved. But it's more than just that. You have to you have to live the faith. And it's not just you're saved now, so you can go back to doing what you were doing. <laughs> right. And, uh, yeah. you know, so there's a misconception there that's being, mm-hmm. um, I guess, taught. What, how do well, we change word, that? Well, the Word of God says the truth will set men free. So that's, that's why we need to preach is the truth. And, I mean, if they come in and you know under any kind of a guideline except the gospel, and of course it's not, you know, you know it's not right. So we need to preach the gospel and preach the truth, and the truth will set men free and uh, and not compromise. Mm-hmm. You're right. So so uh, thank you very much. So so would you say that um, that um, I guess the, our religious clergy in in our churches need to stop um, compromising uh, and and. Stay more to the to, um, 
to what they've been teaching all this time, to what the word is. Right. Well, I'm sure there is. I'm sure there is. There's always, uh, you know, there's always a true church and apostate church. I mean, that, you know, it's what the word of God teaches. So, uh, but He says in His Word, I'll have, I have a church that'll preach the truth without spot and, and without wrinkle. You have, you, you have a remnant church that, that, uh, that, that, that will not compromise. And we just, we have to make sure that, that. You know the church we're going to, the church we're involved in, the church we're preaching in, is a church that preaches the truth, and then and then we're doing our part, and we will be accountable to God. I agree. Actually, I am just concerned for the children, for the young right. adults that may attend some of those services because they don't know any better, and if they right. decide to wander in one day and they see what's going on, um, you know that's they're they're yeah. being taught by example, and the example is not the right example. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. thank you very much for taking my call. Okay. okay, thank you very much. Uh, okay, Pastor Bob, are you there? Yeah, I'm here. Uh, okay, go ahead. Okay. Um, you know, I think that, that in, in the times that we're living in, um, uh, that uh, I think the caller had a good point. We can't compromise um, in how she things. I think that everything that's going on right now, um, these are unprecedented times. I believe that. I was telling my daughter, I looked at her and I said, I said, I need you to understand that what is happening now isn't something that's happened um, in my lifetime and really even in my parents' lifetime, um, you know, what, what's going on. Um, you know, it, it's unprecedented, and we hope that it continues to be unprecedented because if it becomes normal, you know, then it's a problem, um, and, and we really don't know how that's going to turn out. But, but I believe that every time, anytime something like this happens, we have to – uh, once again, look at it through the lens of the Holy Spirit, uh, not through the lens of fear, not through the, even the lens of religion, and not through the lens of, um, you know, trying to bring division to this. But we must look at it through the lens of the Holy Spirit. We must know the times we're living in, like the sons of Issachar, who said that they, they understood and, and, and they discerned the times they were living in. We as the body of Christ, we have to discern the times we're living in. We have to see this for what it is. And if we don't know what that is, then we need to seek his face in order to find out, Lord, what is it you want us to do in this time? Uh, don't let this time be wasted by us trying to push our agenda, but we must come into this time, and, and, and like we were talking about, for the next generation to be able to see a move of God. This is a perfect opportunity, I believe, for, for the unchurched, and the church and the next generation to see God move miraculously. Um, the greatest revivals in history, I think, I think it was Pastor Mike that said it, the greatest revivals in history, in history has been in the midst of the, some of the greatest turmoil. And so this is, a, this is a great time we're living in. I know that sounds strange, but spiritually this is a great time we're living in with a great opportunity, and the church just has to be the church. Amen. Amen. Okay, I want to thank you guys very much for you know you know, for coming here tonight, and um, you know hopefully somebody's soul's been touched, and and unless Pastor Tommy, he just lead the people, uh, you know you know if they want to be saved, set free, delivered, he or whoever it might be, uh, you know they would invite tonight to to receive Christ if he would. Father, we come to you in the precious name of Jesus, and we first give you glory. You're holy. We thank you for everything that you've done. God, we recognize this unprecedented time in which we live. 
Lord, and although there's a lot of anxiety and fear amongst the people in this country and really around the world, Father, we, your people, we know to cling to you, to hold on to you, to look to you as the author and the finisher of our faith, to trust in you, Lord. God, there is a peace and a comfort that resides in me, that you've got me. And as the Psalms of David said, my times are in your hands. Lord, that gives me a peace. That gives me a comfort. But, Father, we know that there are those out there, Lord, that are walking in fear. God, they're, they're afraid. They're looking for answers. And, Lord, I'm going to pray for them. God, and I'm going to pray if, if, if anyone listening does not know you, God, that they will recognize that they have access to the same peace, the peace that surpasses human understanding. God, they have access to it, Father. Um, if there's anyone listening that has not accepted uh, Jesus as their personal Lord and Savior, we just pray right now that they would feel that tug on their heart, whether they're listening live or they listen later. Father, that they would uh, call upon you, call out to you, acknowledge the gift that you've given in your son, Jesus Christ, the blood that was shed, the, 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 the death and the resurrection that gives us hope. Father, that they would begin to confess their sins, God, and that they would invite Jesus into their hearts to live a life, God, that is, uh, Lord, even as the caller said, that it goes beyond a prayer. Father, it goes into to, to a lifestyle, God. It becomes who we are. Lord, old things are passed away, and behold, all things become new. God, let us all walk in that, Lord. Let every pastor lead their church with, with, uh, without compromise. Father, where programs and all the special things we do to just get people in the, in the seats, God, that those would no longer be an idol to us, Father, but that, that we would begin to preach the truth without compromise, Lord. For your word teaches that the Spirit and the bride says, come. God, that we would begin to walk in a place like we've never walked before, where your anointing is our God. God, that where we walk in power, Father, not afraid of, of that which is around us, Lord, where we live the Psalms 91 experience. And, Father, I pray for the pastors here on this program tonight. God, that you would anoint them, God, and strengthen them, Lord. God, and bless them and keep them, their churches and their church people. I believe you have something very special in store for your people, God. You're going to move in a mighty way. I just believe you're moving us in, a, in that direction. And I believe sometimes, Father, Lord, it hurts a little bit. You're knocking off some rough edges. You're doing some things to, to do what needs to be done to get us into a place where we can walk in your ways and do your will. God, I thank you for all things. We give you the glory. We give give you the honor, and we give you all the praise. You alone deserve it. In Jesus' precious name I pray. Amen. 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 Once again, I thank you guys tonight, and uh, we'll, we pray that that, uh, that God will move in a mighty way in your churches, and uh, and we'll have people come in, people get saved and set free, and and uh, and a lot of good will come out of what's going on now, because I believe I believe God can turn, turn things around, and uh, and uh, like I said, to that which Satan meant for what evil, that that it'll be good, and God'll and God'll get glory out of this. So, uh, so uh, thank you very much, guys. Appreciate you. God bless you. Thanks for having us. God bless you. Thank you. Take care. Bye. God bless. Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want 